0: All right, our scripture today comes from Jonah. We've been doing a series on Jonah. So we're going to start with 117 and go all the way through to 10 uh, I've chose the message version um, this, this morning. Um, so read with me, please. Then God assigned a huge fish to swallow Jonah. Jonah was in the fish's belly three days and, and nights. Then Jonah prayed to his God from the belly of the fish. He prayed, in trouble, deep trouble, I prayed to God. He answered me, from the belly of the fish uh belly of the grave, I cried, Help! You heard my cry. You threw me into the ocean's depths. And we'll get to that in a, in a bit. Um, into a watery grave. Uh, with ocean waves, ocean breakers crashing over me, I said, I've been thrown away, thrown out, out of your sight. I'll never again lay eyes on your holy temple. Ocean gripped me by the throat. The ancient abyss grabbed me and held tight. My head was all tangled in seaweed. At the bottom of the, uh, bottom of the sea where the mountains take root. I was far down as my body can go, and the gates were slamming shut behind me forever. Yet you pulled me up from the grave alive, O God, my God. When my life was slipping away, I remembered God, and my prayer got through to you. I made it all the way to your holy temple. Those who worship hollow gods, God-frauds, walk away from their only true love. But I'm worshiping you, God, calling out in thanksgiving. And I'll do what I promised I'll do. Salvation belongs to God. Then God spoke to the fish, and it vomited up Jonah on the seashore. Let's pray. God, thank you for this morning. We recognize that we all come um, in dramatically different places. Some of us are coming in joy. Some of us are coming from a place of mourning or sorrow. Some of us are coming with things of anxiety. Um, but God, just let us be present here. Um, let us hear what you have to say to us. Let us hear your call. It's been so much of a message this morning. Um, from both Megan and Thomas. Let us be vulnerable, um, and uh, just let your words come through, and let anything silly or stupid I say just pass away. Um, We lift this up in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You gonna preach with me? Yeah? Okay. Sounds good. Um, My name is Ron Winkleman. I've been attending here for about three years with my wife, Danielle. I've been at Bethany Proper since about 2002. Um, I am an ordained minister uh, in that in the online church of life, um, I have done three weddings. Uh, one of them did not work out so well. Uh, one of them has gone great, and the other one uh, I didn't embarrass myself too badly. Um, by trade, uh, I'm a middle school social studies teacher, uh, so I'm really, really used to awkward moments. I'm also used to a lot of interactivity and kids running around. Um, Jordan, do you want to go find mommy real quick? Thanks. Uh, and, and so stuff like this is, is pretty, pretty natural for me. Um, but rather than compare myself to Travis or try to live up to Richard's uh, oh. preaching ability, I'm going to treat this more like a class, so there's going to be some moments of interactivity. I consistently ask my classes to be pretty vulnerable, um, and I do that by kind of showing vulnerab- vulnerability myself. Uh, Thomas opened up this morning with just an amazing vulnerable moment, and I think that set the tone... Um, for what kind of, I'm going to ask us to do, I'm going to ask us to kind of recognize the moments and, and places in our lives that, that really need work. Um, but also recognize that we are doing some things right, because I think that we can trend one direction or the other. We can see all the, the awful things going on or all the, the great things going on. Um, and I want us to see the whole picture. And I think that God, that's what God wants us to see. God wants us to see that we are a mix of amazing and, you know, broken um, so anyway, uh, so there's going to be some science. Um, uh, you have on your, you should have been sitting with a pen and a half sheet, so I'm going to ask you to, to reference that at some point and to kind of write down some responses, uh, if you want to k- take a quick look at that and kind of get a preview of where we're going. Um, I I read uh, through my job, have to read a lot, and so I'm really inspired by a a couple different people. Uh, One is Martin Luther King Jr. and his wife Coretta Scott King, so you're going to see maybe some references in in terms of the ways that I I preach that are similar um, to both of those people. Um, I've listened to a lot of Richard and Travis, obviously, and I'm I'm just going to kind of mimic what they do because uh, I think that, that that's the best way to do things when you see a good example that, that's kind of what you do, and so it's going to be kind of a mix of class and um, mimicking their styles. Um, I'd like to choose a subject from which to preach this morning, uh, the subject of the challenge, challenges, plural, of God's call, and we're going to look at that through three different forms. We're going to look at God's challenge um, in, in the moment, which is like a temporary. We have a one kind of shot thing to get it done. God's challenge in relationships, and then God's challenge to bring about his kingdom um, on Earth, and so we're going to kind of we're going to start with a moment, and we're going to use the lens uh, the story of uh, Jonah that we just kind of read. Um, uh, so I want to start when we thinking about the moment is how did Jonah get to this point in, in, in the scripture we're reading, um, and, and where he's literally at like his life's end. He he could have died, right? It took it took a near death experience for Jonah to realize all the mistakes he was making. Y'all with me, right? And and, and Jonah throughout that path was given a a call from God to go to Nineveh, to go save Nineveh, right? And he, in that moment, said no. But it wasn't just that moment. He, in in the series of moments that came after that, said no over and over and over again. He missed multiple moments. He he walked all the way to a port, right? He had all those moments to be like, oh, God, my bad. I, I should turn around, go to Nineveh. He got to the port, right? Could have turned around there. Didn't. He bought the ticket. He sat and waited for the boat. Could have turned around there. He missed that moment. He then, once he had the ticket, he got handed the ticket, walked on the boat. He could have turned around when he got on the boat, like, no, my bad, turned around, gone back, didn't do that, got on the boat. On the boat, he could have been like, God, I messed up, right? I'm going into, when we get to Tarshish, I'm 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 turning around, I'm going back, I'm doing what you said. He didn't do that. A storm came, right? He, instead of saying, God, I'm going to turn things around, rather said to the sailors, not nah, just pitch me in the sea, right? I'm out, right? And and so he through all these series of moments just consistently said no to what God was calling him to do, and it took literally near death to the to the point where he's like, oh, I should actually behave differently. Um, so he misses misses that moment and. Um, and this, is, this, this is, gets back to like his lack of responsiveness. And I want to contrast him with, with Jesus' example. Right? Jesus is hyper-responsive, whereas Jonah is consistently non-responsive and ignoring and running away from God. Jesus is responsive frequently. Right? The woman caught in adultery. Right? Jesus responds. Right? He helps her out. He starts drawing in the sand. He distracts the people. He saves her life. The woman at the well. Right, he knows her heart, and he knows how to respond to her. He knows that she needs to hear certain words, and he says those to her. Multiple people with injuries. We, we talked about the paraplegic this morning. Um, in when we were praying together, uh, that that guy needed healing, but he also needed to hear that his sins were forgiven. And Jesus responds in that moment. You got the ten lepers. He heals them. Jesus is consistently responsive to the situation. Right, and the one thing I want to also say is Jesus is not always responsive to everything that is going on. Are there times where Jesus just pulls away from need? This is where you nod. This is where I expect my class to nod, by the way. So I'm going to expect some interactive. Yeah, he actually, he pulls himself away. He said, like, I know that there's a need here, right? This is not within my capacity right now, right? And he's God's son on earth, right? And he's acknowledging that, like, that, that he can't do everything in that moment, Right? And I think that's awesome because it shows the need for the disciples and the need for us. Right? That God wants us to be involved in his story. That, that even when God came to earth as a human, he didn't immediately heal all of the world. Right? I think that's an amazing call to us to be invited into that story. So Jesus is consistent in his responsiveness, and he knows when he needs breaks. Right? And so this is going to kind of lead us to our first assignment. And I'm going to kind of model what this looks like so y'all kind of, as you look at this paper, know what to do. So there's if you look at your half sheet, there are three different aspects of it. right? There's, there's one's moments where you got God's, where you heard God's call and you responded and, and met it. Right? There's, and then moments where you've seen others respond to a call for need or God's call to need and they responded. And then moments where you missed the call, where you missed the moment. And I'll start with uh, the negative, because it's, it's it's more fun to kind of play around with. Um, so just in the past, uh, as I was kind of thinking through this assignment, I, w- I was thinking, like, where are the moments in my life where I could have made, where I felt God, like, tugging? We, we heard a lot of, like, God talking to us and God consistently talking this morning through Megan and Thomas and, and other people who have spoken, right? That, that he's consistently whispering and kind of pulling us in a direction to make the right choice, Right? And sometimes we respond to that, and sometimes we ignore it. And so, in the past, just two months, and, and if you want to talk to my wife, she can probably list off ten years or twelve years worth of things when I didn't do it. Um, but but I'll just give give kind of the top three. Um, I was I was driving to go um, go somewhere, and I was not in in a hurry to get there. And there was a broken down car on the side of the road, and I had time. And the guy's on his cell phone. And he's kind of like doing like the you know the you know the kind of like I don't know what's going to happen thing. And I I was like. I heard this, like, stop. But I didn't. I just drove by. Right? And so I don't know if I would have been helpful or necessary in that moment, but, but there was definitely something that came into my head, like, you should stop here, and I ignored it. Um, there was, w- when uh, I went to a, an appointment um, recently, there was a girl sitting, when, when Jordan and I got out of uh, the car together, because she's been my little buddy all summer, um, there was a girl sitting there crying in her car. And I, I thought to myself, I should just knock on her window and like give her a thumbs up or just say something like, you know, just, I, don't, I don't know what I would have done in the moment, but I felt like this urge, like, you should help this person out at this point. And I didn't. I walked by. Right? Um, and then we've been dealing uh, with a lot of just death and, and stuff going on in, in kind of the periphery of our lives right now. And, and so uh, my, my two young daughters have been dealing with this, right? Like, oh, this, this has been a really, really hard thing for me. And I've been taking a variety of strategies to try to assuage or or deal with their suffering. And instead, what I've done is, instead, I should have just said, you know, let's pray pray about this, girls. Let's talk to God. Let's ask God in this moment what we need to do. And I miss those moments. So there's there's also a list of like eight more things that I'm not going to read just due to time's sake of moments that I've missed, right? Um, I want to talk about the, the second column now, the others, Um, So I'm with a group uh, called F3. It's a workout group. Uh, My buddy James is visiting today, um, which means a lot to me. Um, Thank you. Uh, And it's this group of of guys that get together in the mornings and works out. And um, there's also a a group for girls as well that's just kind of forming. Um, But the the guys' time meets right before, ends right before the girls' time starts. So if you want to make a transition with your spouse or partner, like that's really hard. That like Danny would have to pack up all the girls in the car, meet me somewhere, and then I would have to take them somewhere, which is a lot of work. And so we've been kind of there's this call to like create an earlier workout for the guys on the Saturday morning so the girls could actually so we could just get home, take care of everything, so there's like no stress. Right. And I watched multiple people kind of step up, like, yeah, let's just do an earlier workout. Right? They met that call in the moment, like let's do something to make the world a better place, right? And one of those was our pastor, Travis. He stepped up. He's like, let's do this. This is, this is the right thing to do. Um, so that's an example of kind of places where you've seen others kind of step into a need, right? Um, and, then, and then the, the third place is, is a place where I really struggled. And if, if, you'd get, if I was doing this sermon a year ago, I would have been like, I don't know what's right here. And it happened that something recently um, happened to me back in April, I was on a field trip um, at, down at Seattle Center with three of my colleagues. We were just, go, we went to uh, the Nina Simone play. Has anyone been, did anyone go to that? Um, at, I think it was ACT. Um, anyway, the one that's at Seattle Center. Really, really powerful play. And we're, we're, at, we're sitting at Seattle Center afterwards. And um, a guy who, homeless or, you know, he was definitely marginalized in some way, came up. He's like, hey, I, I need a meal. I need a meal, and, I, and in that moment, I was just like, I heard God call, like, just buy him a meal, so I was just like, okay, let's go, and so I bought him a meal, and I heard his story, and he'd, he'd just recently lost his dad two months earlier, he was struggling with alcohol addiction, he was really, I think, feeling lonely and left out, and I got to hear the story, and I got to be with him through this time, and I don't know if that's going to change the long-term trajectory of his life, but maybe just that moment just moves him a little bit, right, and in that moment, I, I felt like I, I stepped into what God called me to do, right? So that's kind of one of my proud moments. Again, I've got my laundry list of times I've missed, but sometimes you hit it. And so what I want you to do, and I'm going to give you some time to do this. I want to give you about four minutes. I want you to think about these three columns, right? What are some places where you've stepped up? You've heard that little voice saying, step up now, do this. And what are some, I want as many as you can think of, right? And then once you get done with that, kind of things that you've uh, seen others do. And then third, the places where you've missed. And really the two priorities here are, are you, The others one is just if you feel like you're blanking. Does that make sense? So take four minutes right now and go ahead and kind of list um, places where, again, you've met God's call, you've seen others meet it, and where you've missed the moment. Go for it. Be high vulnerable and say, "I'm an epic epic failure." Cool. And if you want to just play it safe, this is all within your comfort zone. But turn to someone next to you, or, or maybe form like small groups if we're kind of in awkward numbers, and just share. Um, you know, maybe one of those two, two, two or three things that you missed, and maybe one thing that you did that you're that you're kind of proud of. Go for it. All right, take about one more minute to kind of wrap up your conversations. All right, wrap up your final thought. What time do I need to be done? What time do I need to be done? I know the time. What time? Sometime? I still have some time. Okay. Just making sure I, I I volunteer in children's ministry, so I'm kind of checking in to make sure I'm not like I don't want to run till 11:30 because I was like sometimes I'm in there I'm like what in the world is going on in church today, uh, so I want to be conscious of that. Uh, I love I I was kind of walking around and heard some people and I could see body language like when you're a teacher you kind of study body language and you can kind of tell like how invested people are by like how their bodies are facing and like there was a lot of pretty intense conversations going on so I. I want to thank you in advance for your vulnerability. Does anyone want to share um, publicly? <laughs> yeah, go for it. Uh, just any other one? Yeah, whichever one you want. Thanks. Thanks for sharing. Oh, what was your name? Sorry. Austin. Austin. So what Austin just shared roughly for those in the back that might not have heard is he had an opportunity to engage in a conversation with his brother-in-law, a hard conversation, and, and chose to disengage, right? And this is many of us, right? When things get emotionally hard, like we just pull away. And this is Jonah, what Jonah does the whole time, right? He's constantly just avoiding. Um, and so he missed that opportunity to actually engage and, in that conversation. Thanks Thanks for being vulnerable and sharing. That's absolutely awesome. Uh, I think that actually leads us nicely. Does anyone want. Actually, before I jump in, does anyone else want to share? Okay. <laughs> um, uh, leads us nicely into the challenge of, uh, of God, that God gives us two relationships. Now, Jonah is called to the Ninevites, right? And he's called to kind of two relationships in this. And the first is that uh, he's actually called to a, a deeper relationship with God, right? You're not going to actually turn a whole nation of people without communing with God, without really understanding where he's coming from. So that's the first thing, and he's actively avoiding that. And raise your hand if you're an active avoider. Okay, so most of us. Excellent. Um, I'm right there with you. Um, And the second is, he's actually called to relationship with the Ninevites themselves. Right? You're not actually going to... uh, engage these people if you don't get to know them. And, and, and as Travis kind of talked about a couple of weeks ago, that like this is really appalling to him, right? This is an other group of people. And so he doesn't want to do either of these. And so he literally just runs away. Um, I relate to this as well as, as I kind of raise my hand. I, I like to avoid conflict. Um, and, and why do we avoid this? this is, I'm actually asking for hands right now as a teacher. Austin's my favorite student right now. Anyone else want to share? All right, Austin, go for it. I think it's just a, a moment of vulnerability. Like, you have to engage with what is someone you know or a stranger and you know, something that substance It's just kind of a vulnerable moment. Yeah. You know, want to dive into that. Mm-hmm, yeah. Being vulnerable, as Austin just said, is a really, really challenging thing to, to, to sit here. We should have had you mic'd up so it could actually be on the recording. Um, but being, being uh, vulnerable is hard. Right? It, it requires us to face fear, or confront, confront our own biases, right? um, or admit our own prejudices, or just like, face some dark thing inside us that we don't want to face. Um, but the nice thing about when you actually engage, and I think Austin got to this more in his example, is, is when you engage these moments, there's a chance for redemption. Right? There's a chance to actually redeem that relationship, and in some cases, redeem that, that person. Um, I listen to, again, a lot of MLK, and one of his sermons, my favorite sermon, is Love Your Enemies. Right? And in that sermon, he talks about Abraham Lincoln and how he actually redeemed a guy that was actively going throughout the country speaking badly about him by loving him. And, that, and that's really what relationship is. It's stepping in with love. That's what God's asking us to do is step in with love. And that doesn't mean like right? And you, if those of you who have heard King talk, I'm referencing him directly right now. It doesn't mean you have to like the person, but you have to love them. You have to be willing to like continually reach out to them despite anything that they're doing to you, which is an impossible call, right? But it, but it has a real power to it. Um, And, and so, uh, again, if you go to your sheet, I'm going to kind of model what we're going to do next. We're, I'm going to give a couple examples that I have dealt with with this, both positive and negative, and then I'm going to ask you to kind of do the same thing. Um, and then it's I'm going to simplify it. I'm going to just get rid of the others column just to keep it to keep it simple. Um, so first, all, I'll start with the positive, um, kind of flip things. Uh, there's a group of parents at my, there's a small set of parents at my school, and I work at a private school, um, which we'll talk about in, in a little bit, um, that are really kind of an abrasive group, right? Every one of their emails starts out and it feels like an aggressive attack. Um, they're very, very opinionated, and so they're very, very hard to like, love it. Thank you. Um, and so uh, I actually, in this moment, chose to just consistently be warm to them, right? And over the series of a year, they actually opened up and I felt like we had a really good relationship the year. at the end of the year because I was consistently just not going to take their bait and not get into, a, get into a fight with them, right? Really proud of myself in that moment. The shameful piece is there's a relationship in my life or relationships that used to exist that haven't existed for about 10 years, Right? And I've had people in my life consistently saying, hey, you should reach out to these people. Right? You should redeem this relationship. And I've consistently just run the other way. Right? And said, you know, oh sure. I give them the, you know, the, the Seattle yes. Oh, okay, I'll deal with that. And then didn't do anything about it. And so what I want you all to think about, oh and so just to be clear, I'm, I, this, this sermon's been very, very personally convicting and so I'm going to be reaching out with them in the next week. I'm going to start with a letter to them and then I'm going to follow it up with a phone call and we're going to see where it goes. And I don't know where it's going to go, but I'm, I'm going to try. Right? So I want you to think about, for, I'm going to give you two minutes since I'm running out of time, as this always happens to me in class, um, two minutes to kind of think about this. What is, what is a place where you've actually redeemed a relationship or could work on a relationship and, and make it, versus work on a relationship and make it better? And we're not going to share this one, so you can just write it to yourself. Go. one finish up your final thought so i want to acknowledge that for many of you that was maybe kind of a, a heavy place to enter um and i can kind of see it in maybe some of your posture in terms of the ways that you've changed it, like we feel a little bit more tense um I want to acknowledge and thank you for being like willing to go there. I know that that's not always an easy place to go. It hasn't been for me all week, thinking about this. So, so thank you in advance for that. Um, I want to transition after, uh, of talking about relationships, where again, or excuse me, moments where these momentary things we have a one shot thing. Relationships where theoretically we can we have a chance to redeem them, or at least move towards redeeming them constantly into the challenges of God's call to make bring His kingdom about on earth. And I've got a lot written here, but. Uh, what I want to get down to is um, it, it really gets—Jonah's uh, call is direct, right? He's told, go redeem Nineveh. And for many of us, it might feel really challenging to, like, what is God's call to make the world a better place? What, what, where do I actually step in? It hasn't been that overt from God, like, you're going to Nineveh, do this right now. For many of us, it's, it's like you have to pray and you have to think about it right it's more challenging and i want to say that like god has given us some direction on this right and and hopefully through kind of going through this list it kind of sparks in you like oh that kind of rings a little bit true to me so i want to kind of list some of the things that that christ christ actually talked about in terms of making the world a better place um first he like the sick need to be healed right those who are on the outsides of society, whether they're orphans or widows or I would say even the like, elderly in our society are consistently kind of shoved to the side right, and ignored. Right? Um, immigrants need to be loved. The poor need to be given a voice. We need rac- racial reconciliation as well as e- like a variety of other ways of reconciling our society. Like, these are realities right now. Um, the hurting, I mean, Thomas talked about the, the pain that he's going through right now, and there's many of us, right, that are going through some deep pain, right? And maybe your calling is just to step into those around you and help them out, right? Maybe it doesn't have to be something outside of yourself. Maybe it's right there. But I want you to take some time to think about, like, rather than be Jonah and be judgmental and be like, no, I I don't want to be like them, because, I mean, Jonah goes through and, and later, like, he he says those who worship hollow God's God frauds walk away from their only true God, but I'm worshiping you, God. And ignores, he denies the fact that he just did that the whole time, right? He actually goes through and blames God. He said, you threw me in the ocean, right? God didn't throw Jonah in the ocean. Jonah threw Jonah in the ocean through ignoring all of those different moments. In fact, he asked to be thrown in the ocean, right? And so it it comes down to like taking a step back and trying to like look at ourselves and what are our, what, what, What about us is holding us back from doing the right thing? Whether it's in the moment in a relationship with a brother-in-law, whether it's um, just dealing with suffering you're going through, whether it's going out and like using your financial or or time resources to make the world a better place. Like, what is our your challenge individually? And then we're, we're actually making a pretty big decision as a church right now, right? We're thinking about whether or not to move locations. Right? And we should be praying about, does that match up with our ministry goals? Does, this ma- does that match up with like, the difference we want to make in the world? Does that match up with the difference God wants us to make in this world? Right? Is that a location that's going to help facilitate that? Or is that a location that might not be best? Right? Um, we've had a lot of conversations about how this will individually affect us, and that those are important. And we should think about broader, like, is this a place that's really going to help us lean into bringing God's kingdom about on earth? So I want you to think about that right now in the last kind of section. What are some individual things that, you know, that I could be doing or I am doing that I want to live into a little bit more? And as a church, what are, what are some things that we should value? And then bring those to our town hall conversations and send those to the local advisory team or to Travis, right? And really kind of think about, like, is the, who do we really want to be, right? So take about a minute to do that, and then I'll kind of pray over this. All right, finish up your final thought. Before I pray, the second part about what is our larger collective call. Um, as a teacher, I'm giving you this homework. Um, it would be great to get, especially being a member of the local advisory team, and I know Travis would appreciate it as well, um, to have as much feedback as possible from people in our community about where, we, where should we be going, right? So pray into that and, and really, really think about that. Um, thanks again for your vulnerability and, and for you know, being patient with me, um, being up there. Uh, let's pray. God, thank you so much um, just for your word to us, for your, for your consistent communication with us <laughs> for kids, um, and just for your immense blessing that you give us um, every day. Uh, may we listen more actively for your call, both in the moment and in relationships and in uh, bringing about your kingdom in this world. Um, Thank you again for your immense sacrifice. And we lift the rest of this day and this week up. In Jesus' name.